and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, I do thank you for that introduction and certainly hope and pray that you would be edified by this podcast. Christ would always be glorified. That's our number one goal. We ask that uh, you please check out our webpage. We'll have more of that for you here at the end of this podcast. Uh, Today we're going to talk about something that's kind of really become a popular discussion in the uh, Christian circles, at least in this area. It is, will there be a third temple? And so this is what we're going to discuss today. Uh, this idea, will the third temple be built? Obviously, we have one in King Solomon's day. And then what's commonly called Herod's temple. That's the one that Jesus would walk around in and um, preach and teach. And, and, uh, the thir- and that temple was actually destroyed in 70 AD by Rome. It's kind of an interesting story why Rome would destroy the temple in 70 A.D. And uh, a lot of historians believe that Rome eventually was going to destroy the temple, but some events took place that kind of irritated Rome with the Jewish people. And so that was this was their way to kind of get back with the uh, Jewish people, kind of get even with them type idea. And so in that temple was built, uh, Solomon's temple was built in about 587 B.C. And then uh, that temple would be destroyed and uh, the Jewish people would be sent in exile. And then they would come back and they would rebuild the temple uh, in 516 B.C. And it would be destroyed in 70 A.D. as I've already stated. And so the destruction of the temple is really a, a major thing to most Jews, if not all Jewish people, uh, for lots of reasons. One, it it's kind of does away with the sacrificial system. And so if you don't have a sacrificial system, it's kind of like God saying, I'm not listening to you type idea. And so anyway, I'm going to discuss this. I hope that you have a Bible and you, you will follow along. I will be reading uh, the NIV today, uh, something I normally don't do, but I kind of liked how the NIV was worded in this particular subject. And so open your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 6. 1 Kings chapter 6 will be there in just a moment. And if you're kind of wondering how I got some of this information, uh, I would invite you to, to go to the website that I found a lot of information. It's called Israel 365. Uh, I don't necessarily believe everything that they write about, but they seem to know kind of on this subject I didn't have a problem with. And so um, many Christians today really believe that there will be a third temple built in Jerusalem uh, as part of the end times prophecy. That prophecy being premillennialism. Say that really fast. and Trying to listen to somebody talking in your ear. The uh, the premillennialist, you know, they believe the third temple will be built. Uh, that means the Antichrist will be ushered in, and uh, it, 
it's kind of really a misinterpretation, in my opinion, of Revelation. But will Jesus return? Absolutely. I firmly, firmly believe that. And so, anyway, we have uh, this idea that a third temple will be built in Jerusalem. And then there's some recent excitement. It's really a reason this talk has really gone on. Uh, the Jewish website again, Israel 365, this is an Orthodox uh, Jewish website. And they reported that the Jewish people really have started to build the third temple. And for the most part, this group uh, of Jews have manufactured all the utensils, all the furniture that would be necessary for a functioning temple as described in the Old Testament. They've also had the sacrificial altar built. They have set up a school uh, to train priests and perform sacrificial offerings. And really the only thing that's missing is the temple itself. Though at the moment there is really no political will uh, in Israel leadership to, to build a temple because there is no doubt uh, this would face some violent uh, resistance from the Muslims. And there's really a significant room to build the Jewish temple. Uh, the Jewish people do own or claim they have rights or whatever avenue you want to go down to. But they actually do have a section of the temple mount that is theirs. And the Muslims agree to it. Uh, but there's a lot of politics involved as well. But again, this web page is also reporting that they, uh, the Jewish people have started preparing stones that will eventually be used to construct the temple. According to the, the Jews, their oral tradition, since it's been compiled in, into a written form, the stones need to be con constructed uh, for the third temple would have to be built off-site. And so, during the construction of the first temple, during the days of Solomon, uh, the Jews dressed the stones at the quarry so that they were so far from the building site that nobody could hear the stones being chipped even. And these Jews then would transport the stones to the temple mount for final construction. And so, in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7, if you want to read about all of the temple, this would be the area of your Bible to read about it. Verse 7 says, In the building of the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used, and no hammer, chisel, or other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. And there's a rabbi who is in charge of this project, and he is reporting that he came up with this idea of preparing the stones while he was at some guy's funeral. But they begin to to dress these stones and or cut them, tool them out on May 14th, 2022. And this was why this is a recent date of these people that believe in all this is really getting incited. Uh, along with the red heifers, supposedly, that have come out of Texas uh, that have passed the Jewish uh, necessities uh, to meet that uh, red heifer sacrifice. And maybe we'll talk about that later. Or if not, well, maybe they'll, they'll do it in, we'll do it in another podcast. 
but because of these uh groups that operate where all the stone quarries are in israel uh, the jews have to collect all these stones from a field and and they have prepared 23 large stones for the temple construction though it's not possible at this point to actually build the temple uh, this rabbi is saying there's nothing stopping us from dressing the stones being prepared for the final constructions and so of course uh they're really worried about the political uh, fallout that could come from all of this and again a little bit of history about the two previous temples throughout history uh, israel has had those and i've already stated that solomon built his temple around 586 587 bc and of course babylon will destroy that in the days of jeremiah uh, and in the second one would be eventually built under Ezra and Nehemiah. And you can read those books as well in the Bible as they rebuild the second temple. And this would be the, the uh, temple that King Herod would, in his day and time, he would renovate it. He'd fix it up and, you know, repairs were made and so on. And so this second temple, again, was destroyed in 70 80 by rome and this would be the same one that jesus visited and walked in and so you know a lot of people um don't even realize most christians don't realize how many temples there really have been and this teaching that goes around that jesus can only come back until the second temple's been rebuilt well the temple's been rebuilt already a second time and he did come back he walked around in it okay and so but many believe a third temple will be built due to what in their interpretation of biblical prophecies in, in ezekiel's chapter 40 and through basically chapter 48 where this prophet would have a vision of a temple unlike any other of the other temples that have been constructed in jerusalem leading to this speculation that it is a description of yet an unbuilt third temple the book of revelation also describes a temple and revelation chapter 11 verses 1 and 2 and uh where god will tell john to measure the temple and this is kind of a command similar to what happened in ezekiel where the prophet was similarly ordered to measure the temple and you can find that in Ezekiel chapter 41, verse 13. And, and to their interpretation, to, to premillennialist interpretation, they say that this suggests that are referring to the same unbuilt temple. And it's this, a second unbuilt temple. So we're going to discuss this just a little bit more deeper about this temple idea right after this message do you enjoy our weekly podcast though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast if you are able we would be grateful for your help we offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website biblicalquestion.com would you be in a prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the word of god okay so we're back 
Now, there are several questions that really probably need to be uh, asked, and one of those would be, is the church the third Jewish temple? There is biblical evidence that God has already constructed the third temple. In fact, uh, the body of Christ, the church, and its people now uh, contain that very presence of God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is, was and is the intended purpose uh, of this temple idea. You know, Jesus will talk about that as well. And so, if you would follow along again, open your Bible and turn to John chapter 2, verses 18 and 20. That's what I'm going to be reading. John chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? And notice this, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So, Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to turn there with me, Ephesians chapter 2, the church, which is the body of Christ, uh, is described as the third temple, the dwelling place of God. And the apostle Paul uh, would write this and say this. So follow along. This is actually out of the English Standard Version. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. So, who currently controls the Temple Mount? Well, at present time, uh, Jordan, and this is a group called, uh, it is abbreviation is W-A-Q-F. And they, uh, they're the administrators of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem on, uh, on behalf of Israel. <laughs> More politics. But, however, due to the recent violence at the site in, in, that involved Palestinian rioters setting fire to a mosque there, uh, this group is demanding that Israel turn over complete and utter control and security to them. And when I mean them is W-A-Q-F. And maybe there's a way of pronouncing it that I just don't know how. So, uh, Jordanian uh, soldiers would provide security on the Temple Mount instead of the Jewish police. And Jordan is concerned that the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas is using the riots to wrestle the, the custodial control of the Temple Mount from, from them. And so, uh, along with other Arab groups, uh, this may be uh, moving forward or back. You know, there's just so much that really goes on here that we don't really hear or grab or, or understand in America, especially. And so, 
when I have been in other countries outside of the U.S., and you listen to Christian, uh, religious uh, news outlets, they actually give a complete, almost different, opposite view of what we get here in, in many ways. And most Americans won't believe me when they hear that. But you can go on the Internet, and you can listen, and you can read the newspapers and things. Uh, from outside of the U.S., but that has no U.S. influence. But perhaps to to word all of this another way, in Matthew uh, chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21, we're going to start reading here in verse 18 here, but one of the more puzzling stories in the gospel accounts would be that of the fig tree. And Jesus, as you recall, might recall, uh, if you recall correctly, excuse me, he actually curses a fig tree. And this has been preached so many different ways but and taught different ways, and this is going to be a new way for you more than likely. So really, honestly, please pay attention. Follow along here where I'm trying to go with this. And I have read this, I have studied this, and... Um, I, I lean more and more and more in this direction with this um, recorded event of the uh, fig tree here. And so, please follow along with me. It says, In the morning as he, that would be Jesus, was returning to the city, he became angry. Verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. Verse 20. And the disciples saw it, and they were marveled by and saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. In verse 22, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. Then in Mark uh, chapter 11, gives us a detail that Matthew did not give. Mark eleven thirteen says, And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Okay, notice that. That's important. It was not the season for figs. Verse 20, And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree weathered away to its roots. So let's discuss a little bit more of this here uh, when we get back from this message. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. Okay, so it's, I think it's important, again, to notice here. If you really look at this closely, Jesus and the disciples, they walk past this tree again, 
uh, the next day. And as they head back to the temple, that's where they're headed. There is no chance that this tree is ever going to return with its roots gone. It's just not going to. And Mark also says that it is a time, a season uh, for figs. No, there, there is no figs. It is not in season. So the question needing really to be answered is, why would Jesus kill a fig tree for not producing fruit when it was not in season? We need to understand that the gospel writers would be writing about an event. Okay, they're writing about an event, and then suddenly they throw something in the text kind of seem like out of place that they were initially talking about. And then they go back to picking up the story where they left off type thing. Now, some people call this a sandwich type thing. Uh, there has to be a reason, though. You have to ask yourself, honestly, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit had a reason for the writers to place something in the middle of an event that seems out of place to you and me when in fact it has everything to do with the topic in the chapter that you're reading and you're studying. Jesus, uh, before the fig tree, uh, was cursed, and the apostles here in Matthew chapter 21, uh, Jesus has just cleansed the temple for the second time. When the Jewish people brought their animals okay, to the temple, the priests, they were required uh, to look the uh, animal over for any blemishes. Of course, they're always going to find one in this day and time. You go read some historians like Josephus, you're going to see what was going on. And they would take this animal, this, well, we'll take it in our trade, and they have one for sale without blemish. Well, the odds are really high that they've, the guy before you just went through the same scenario and you're trading your lamb for his, plus you're kind of giving uh, some money as well on the trade there's always a price of money involved and then the currency was changed from the roman silver coins to temple currency and the temple currency is made out of a chunk metal and because they can't have this unclean uh, current uh, currency going into the temple treasury some of this sounds kind of like a used car salesman to me but jesus really He's, he's upset over the corruption of the temple, which is why Jesus would call them a den of thieves or a den of robbers. Versions, different versions have used different words, but Jesus would cleanse the temple, and then he's going to leave, and he's going to make his way to Bethany. Okay, that's He stayed there a lot in Bethany. He had a friend there. Then in Matthew chapter 21, verse 23, we can read that Jesus would return to the temple the following day where Jesus is challenged about his authority to do what he's done the previous day and so the fig tree account according to Matthew is also about the temple so think about all of this listeners Jesus had approached the temple expecting to see fruit being uh, you know bared there it's we had the same responsibility to, are we bearing fruit? We as people, Christians, uh, Jewish believers in the days of Jesus, often are referred to as trees, as, as this example um, in, our, in our lives. 
So we must understand the temple uh, should have been bearing fruit no matter what time of year it would have been. Again, Mark eleven fourteen, he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Okay. Then John also adds one more thought on this subject in John chapter 2, verse 18 uh, through verse 22. Then the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It took 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Okay, so the temple has two main functions. First, it was used to house the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the very presence of God rested. The Ark was not in the temple of the time of Jesus. Most people, again, do not realize this, but just a little research and you could find this statement to be true. The Ark had disappeared in the destruction of the temple in 586 B.C. And so Herod's temple does not contain the Ark or the presence of God. The second main function of the temple was to offer animal sacrifices. Now, Herod's temple was doing this, but to a very high price to the people. So when Jesus told the Jewish leader that his body was the temple of God, Jesus is really implying that the Spirit of God was now dwelling within him and not in the temple. And that his body was the temple of God, in other words. So, along with the upcoming crucifixion, animal sacrifices would no longer be needed. His sacrifice would replace them all. And all of this would become obsolete. So, we are told after the resurrection of Jesus that the church became the body of Christ, that the church is which the believers are now the body or the temple in which God lives. This, this is often discussed or referred to as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter 2, you can see when you are baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is what that is implying, very loudly uh, stating that. So Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13, this, of course, uh, the, the destruction of the, of the temple, which Jesus is standing, would be destroyed by Rome. So could this be that simple so that the fig tree account means there will not be a third temple? I believe there will not be a third temple. Now, if I'm wrong, I guess I'll have to explain it to the Lord while I was wrong. But I don't think so. And so I know this is a different view. This is a different avenue that's taught and just pounded every Sunday morning on the radios, um, TV programs, over and over. There's 
TV channels that just really are focused on nothing but teaching this doctrine of the Third Temple being built, uh, that the Antichrist will come, yeah, there's going to be all this uh, mayhem, looking for the right word, everywhere because of the Antichrist. Well, uh, the word Antichrist means something along this line, to simplify it for people who do not speak English first language. If you're anti, A-N-T-I, anything, anti-smoker means you're against smoking. Anti-alcohol uh, consumption means you're against uh, drinking alcohol. And really, this Antichrist really means that you're against Christ. And John says in 1 John, there's many Antichrists who have come, and there's many Antichrists still living in the day that he wrote the letter or his epistle. And so, do we have Antichrist in our world today? Yes, we do. They are very much against Jesus. They are anti-Jesus. And we can see that in the way people are voting. We can see that in the way the governments of the world operate and function. Uh, we can see this in the way of persecution around the world. And many people believe that there's no persecution in the uh, Western world, but actually there is. And so um, just go out and start talking to somebody at the store about Jesus, and you're going to be quickly told you can't talk about that in public. You cannot say that and teach that how dare you that if I was of another faith nobody would say a word it would be fine so there is a persecution going on around the world now yeah I will agree wholeheartedly at this moment in time in the United States I'm not being executed for it or tortured I, uh, they can't take your home and all that yet could that happen? Sure. Absolutely could happen. It's going on around the world. And so uh, I think there's just a lot of misunderstandings of, of Scripture. And if you believe I've misunderstood something, that is certainly your privilege to think that. I certainly hope that you would pray about it. I take this serious, what we teach here, as we research everything out. And so... Again, I really want to thank you uh, for listening. Uh, I really, you know, we, we did a very short series on um, biblical interpretation. Use the Bible to interpret the Bible. And honestly, folks, uh, you need to study it for yourself. You need to be in prayer over it. Some simple Bible tools, if you're really serious, uh, can't afford it as, as well. I understand that. To get an interlinear, get a Greek and Hebrew dictionary, uh, a Strong's numbers, it will become a great help in studying and trying to figure out what the Bible is saying. We don't, we don't have the God of confusion. It is what it is, and what God has written, He has written. And so, I again, I want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions or Bible questions, please submit them through our website. Uh, we've worked really hard to get that back up and going and well, and it's done very well. And so tell others about us, please. Uh, sign up for our email uh, account, a newsletter. We, we put out at least a weekly one. We have a freebie as well. Uh, we're giving it away. 
it is uh, on our support page is on the bottom there scroll down to the bottom and you will find a free ebook and we do know the writer she's a very sweet lady sister in christ and it's very nice and generous of her to to give this to us because uh, i know that she she's a professional writer and this is how she really makes her living is writing books and so please tell others about it it's available uh, for you to download again i want to thank you for listening uh, may god bless you all and may he always have the glory thank you for listening to this week's podcast be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com all one word all lowercase in addition we have a prayer request page a way of contacting us a statement of faith and other resources for our listeners do you have a bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request we would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts again that is biblicalquestion.com thank you and may he have the glory